Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <gasps> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. With me, as always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? Doing well. Made it. A little late today. Slept through the alarm. But uh, I'm here, and we're making it work. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's been a few times I've missed my alarm for this podcast, and then I, like, literally run out of bed, and my girlfriend's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm almost late for the podcast. She's like, that's not a big deal. I'm like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the news needs to be delivered. Uh, also with us as always is Katie. How's it going, Katie? Good. Woke up way too early, but Ooh. feeling energized. Had a productive morning. Doing well. Awesome. Awesome. And then rounded out the cast today, we got the amazing Lee. How's it going, Lee? Oh, you know, it's going okay. Uh, I, I'm still kind of messed up from the from the movie club. It was it was horrifying, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Are you, did you almost get lost in the land of the dead? Uh, yeah, I'm actually a skeleton right now. Oh, there we go. Fun fact. Lee is a skeleton. Put that in our wiki page. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, and uh, Spark wishes he could be joining us, but uh, he's decided that he's going to go uh, live life uh, in the in the swamp. You know, just catching gators. <laughs> I didn't know they had those where he's at, but you know what? Best of luck to him. He imported them. So, ah. yeah, to get the real authentic experience. Um, cool. Uh, let's talk about the movie news that matters. Tremors co-star Fred Ward passes away at 79. Was he pretty much just known for Tremors or was he in other stuff? Uh, he was in True Detective too, I think. Okay. There we go. Well, that that sucks because Tremors is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was also it... in a movie called Chain Reaction, starring Keanu okay, Reeves then. and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I think I remember that. That was in uh, Keanu's really bad, like early '90s action movie phase. Yeah, and he's making a comeback with that with making really awful action movies with the new um matrix movie so oh yeah Ooh. apparently he was also in the incredible hulk series from the 70s he played marvin i don't know who that is i, I don't think most people do. 
All right, we'll just go with Tremors. Tremors is his biggest <laughs> thing. Um, I wonder. I saw that people were like, "Oh, he passed away," and you could tell people were probably like, "What else has he been in aside from Tremors?" And the answer is it's a whole lot of random nothing, but still. Tremors. Tremors though. Yeah, I think like they were doing the TV movie he was supposed to be in, but he wasn't. I don't know. Hmm. I know, Lee, you like Tremors. I'm guessing you were the one that put this in the notes because... I, I did. Uh, I, I thought it'd be nice to, to talk about. You know, he's, he's a good actor and, and, you know, deserves us to say goodbye. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I saw Kevin Bacon was like... He was a great guy, so... Yeah. Guy. I mean, he was only one degree of separation from Kevin Bacon. Exactly. He was real close to Kevin Bacon. Okay. Uh, Fantastic Four reboot enlists Moon Knight producers Grant Curtis and Nick Pepin to produce that movie. Uh, yeah, I just imagine that gif from uh, Community where uh, he's walking into the flaming apartment building. That's what it's like for these guys right now because Fantastic Four doesn't have a director. Uh, so. Okay. Kevin Feige just leaves for five minutes and comes back and everything's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, at this point, I'm just going to say, I think Fantastic Four is cursed. Like the movies are not that good. Now they're trying to make a decent MCU one. It's it's, they lose directors. It, it's cursed. It's, mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, power to them, I guess. Because, like, producer's kind of, like, big job is to, like, go find the director, go find the talent and stuff like that. So, I think, yeah, their first job's going to be to try to find a director for this now that um, the Spider-Man guy left. I always forget his name, but he directed the last three Spider-Man movies. Uh, John Watts, I think. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Because nobody <laughs> really remembers him from these movies. It's always Tom Holland and Zendaya and all that, but not John Damn. Watts. Um, so, yeah, good luck to them, I guess. Uh, She-Hulk's official synopsis officially, or seemingly leaked by Disney Plus UK, along with a possible premiere date listed as August 17th. Uh, this synopsis wasn't anything too crazy, basically saying how, um, Jennifer gets her powers from a blood transfusion with the Hulk, and then mentions how both Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth are returning to reprise those roles. So. Interesting. Yeah. August would be kind of early, no? Like this August? Yeah. Oh, that's soon. That's I haven't seen any kind of promotion. Well, I've kind of noticed with Disney Plus shows, they literally start promoting at the last possible minute. They're like, a month mm -hmm. before, let's put out our first trailer. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, like they don't even have to do marketing anymore. Like all the fans just talk about it and stuff. And <laughs> well, I think the yeah. reality with these Disney Plus shows is that like once the first episode comes out and builds buzz, and then you know people come around, hear about it, and they can go back and check it out. It's not like in a movie theater where people like gotta go buy tickets and all this other stuff. There's more barriers to go see it. Like you mm -hmm. start hearing that She Hulk is good, which I'll be honest, most of these Disney Plus shows have been disappointing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath on this, but you know, if it starts getting good buzz, yeah, people can just go check it out on Disney plus whenever they've got a chance. Right. So I, I think it's mm -hmm. a little like the promotion works a little differently than it does for the movies. 
because those you kind of have to start promoting within relative early time frames. Although, right. like, fucking Thor, the, the the new Thor movie, like, they just started promoting that. It's out in, like, July. It's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? It's craziness. Yeah. Anyways. She-Hulk, potentially coming August 17th. Good for them. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, this is a mild spoiler for this movie, so... Turn your ears if you have not seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but it nearly featured Daniel Craig as the Illuminati's version of Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I saw this. Like, that's uh, that's very interesting. I, I would not have pictured him as Mr. Fantastic. I just find it interesting that he was their first choice and not who they cast, John Krasinski. Because, like, mm. the internet for you fucking almost five years now has been like cast john krasinski as mr fantastic and then marvel did that and killed him off and it was great because it was like fuck you to the fans Love it. <laughs> um yeah daniel craig he's a very serious guy i don't know if, i'm sure it would have worked but yeah yeah i think it might have borderlined on too much of stunt casting like the Mr. Fe- the John Krasinski one was still stunt casting in a way, but like I feel like Daniel Craig would be a little too distracting. I don't know. Yeah, I could see him maybe as that uh, Bolt guy, Black Bolt. <laughs> he was like super serious and stoic. They needed to bring back that guy because literally he has nothing else going on in his life. So they probably gave him a call. They're like, "Can you come back and play back Black Bolt?" And he's like, "Uh, sure." <laughs> he's sitting at home like in his, in his lazy boy with the costume already on yeah <laughs> I've been waiting oh, for this I can't movie. wait to play this character in five other movies and then <laughs> no anyways yeah Doctor Strange is a multiverse of madness it is truly a multiverse of madness um rumor oh this is a rumor so we don't know if it's for real but it could be but apparently, Ahsoka, the series, has cast actor Matthew Law in a big role. Now, we don't know who he's playing, or if this is even true, because it could be BS. But a lot of people have said that there's some truth to this, so that's why I put it in. Uh, he looks a lot like what I would imagine an older Ezra to look like. So. Hmm. Like, I'm looking at this guy's IMDb, and I'm like... You could tell me he's older Ezra. I would believe it. I would buy it. I could kind of see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. People wanted the guy that was in that dumb Aladdin movie to play Ezra. And I'm like, did you watch that Aladdin movie? It was awful. Don't. Just don't bring this guy. No. <laughs> um, well, my understanding with that, though, is that that actor... Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I have to look him up really quick. The one that was in Aladdin. You and Hollywood have both forgotten his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not right. Uh, <clears throat> looks like it's Mina Mina Masad. Yeah. Um, my understanding was like, he actually is not bad. I, I haven't seen Aladdin. I, I refuse to watch it on, uh, like on principle. Good, um, good man. <laughs> my understanding though is that he's not bad as an actor, but he kind of got like super sidelined by disney i guess so like yeah yeah so that's why like i wouldn't mind like if he got put in more stuff just because like what disney did with tom was was a bit dirty but yeah 
I don't know. I think a lot of actors too, like they get put into like a big Disney movie and they're like, this is it, my big break. And then like, I mean, I don't think that movie did terribly, but I think even though it did well box office wise, like people kind of walked away with a bit of a dirty taste in their mouth. They're like, eh, this is not quite great. Yeah. So. It, think, it actually did pretty well from what I'm looking at. So like yeah. it cost about 180 million to make and worldwide grossed about a billion. Yeah. Wow. So, so it made it money. I mean, yeah. people saw the men in the suits, but yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. This guy, this Matthew Law, he's also been an agent of shield. He played agent mm. Julian. That's such a dumb character name. Agent Julian reporting for duty. Um, yeah, but yeah. Right. Uh, ooh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Army of the Dead Oscar wins may have been rigged by Twitter bots. <laughs> Just lulls. That's all I gotta say to that. Wasn't that like like not a known thing, but what, like because I I could have sworn uh, the Army of the Dead one was like that was a known. Like Snyder fanboys, like, you know, kind of overstuffed the ballot box on that one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, they. I mean, the, it was the, all the Zack Snyder fans that just, just because Army of the Dead was there, they just jumped on it. Um, yeah, but I just see because I know it. Like the the rap had reported this, um, and they were basically just saying they were they would just see kind of huge spikes in activity. Uh, at random times. Um, and I think the Academy did come back and quote and say um, there was no real evidence of bots. It was just that, like, there were accounts that would, at a certain time, all vote their max, which I think was like 20, t- 20 tweets, like, per hour or something. Um, but I mean, it re- I don't know. Like, if you're if you're gonna ask me which fandom is gonna win the Twitter hashtag contest, it's it's going to be the Zack Snyder fandom. I mean, we've they had three years of practicing to get release the Snyder cut trending, <laughs> you know, to like test the metrics to know how that works. Mm-hmm. Like, we're a dedicated Twitter fan base. Yeah, they've, they've mean, crafted it into a science. Yeah, we got the formula down packed. I mean. I don't doubt that they probably use bots. Also, my big thing is, I don't really care. Like, if they're going to do that so that there could be some not really... It's like it's not an Oscar. Like, it's basically Oscar's way of being like, we're cool kids, come visit us at our party. And it's like, no, no. If they want to go and, like, make a bunch of bots and win that, go ahead. Knock yourself out. I am so indifferent to everything Oscars related that I was like, go ahead, just just do it. Who cares? Major corporations do the same thing. They have bots and they try to influence people to buy their stuff or elections and all this other stuff. So why not? Why not use the bots to influence some some not even a real Oscar award? I was like, yeah. I don't know. I'm personally, I find it funny that people were so up in arms about this, because I'm like, it's not that uncommon for this to happen. That's why Elon Musk is going to remove all bots from Twitter, and then it'll be truly a democratic place. <laughs> um, 
Ooh, Dan Stevens to reunite with the guest director Adam Wingard for a Godzilla vs. Kong sequel. I'm down for that. All right, son of Kong, here we come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want him to play his character from the guest, though. Like, somehow combine these, and then you find out that the guest secretly took place in the Godzilla verse this entire time. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same universe? Yeah. I can't even imagine that. But his character uh, will just be programmed to just kill Godzilla, and it'll be him doing like flips and shit, and then he'll like shoot Godzilla in the head. That's what I want. I know that's then. not what's going to happen in this movie, but don't tell me I'm wrong. I don't want to hear it. Like, in my mind, this is how this movie goes. But, and on a serious note, it, it it's good to see Dan Stevens get work. I like him as an actor. I think he does pretty good work, so. And... Honestly, I think those Godzilla versus Kong movies could probably benefit from better human actors. <laughs> I mean, anytime human characters show up in those movies, you're always just rolling your eyes because you're like, this is not why I'm here. I'm here to see the monkey fight the lizard. Nothing else. <sighs> you ready for this, Lee? You ready for son of son of godzilla or son of kong? you mean it's son of kong yeah yeah I'm, I'm ready for for the giant monkey to fight the giant lizard there we go again again <laughs> no what it's this time it's personal kong's wife or ex-wife is going to come and want custody of the child and then it's actually going to be like a courtroom drama but with godzilla oh as the prosecutor it's Kramer versus Kramer, but with Godzilla and Kong. Exactly. That's what I want. And then Dan Stevens is the judge, and he's just like, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> Considering how stupid these movies get, that's actually not totally implausible of a plot. So. You're not wrong. It could happen. Uh, speaking of ridiculous, Christopher Walken joins Dennis Villeneuve's Dune Part 2 as Emperor Shaddam. This is awesome. Or the fourth? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. This is, I mean, we were talking about stunt casting earlier. This kind of feels like it's stunt casting. It's going to be a little distracting because it's Christopher yeah. Walken. He kind of, he commands the screen even when he doesn't want to, I think. Yeah, yeah um gosh there is a i cannot remember the, the name of this um the, the famous uh music video where chris walken is dancing uh oh yeah to, fat, to fat boy slim mm -hmm. uh apparently there's a line in there about dune oh well, there you go it was predicted this entire time i'm gonna have to find it really quick i mean i think the emperor is supposed to be a bit eccentric um like, I know originally in one of the Scrap Dune projects, it was supposed to be, I think, like Salvador Dali, uh, the artist that was going to play uh, the Emperor. Mm. Um, but yeah, if he is supposed to be this kind of eccentric, aloof kind of person, I could see you walking kind of leaning into that. But it'll definitely be like, oh, that's Christopher Walken on screen. Like, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. You can see Dune Part 2 when it comes out October 20th, 2023. So, And Christopher Walken will be walking his way onto your movie screens. Lulz. All right. 
Uh, oh, so I found it, by the way. Uh, oh. So it is in the Weapon of Choice music video. Uh, there's a line, and it's him dancing kind of weird. I've called it. It's called "Walk Without Rhythm." You won't attract the worm. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I decided to find that. That's title. kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the uh, one of the lines that are dialogue in the uh, or lyrics, I guess. Yeah, uh, I see. So you're right. So this was this was confirmed like 15 years ago. There you go. Christopher Walken knew this entire time. He was just keeping that secret. Um. Scream 6, moving along. So Scream 5 did very well box office-wise and was a pretty critical hit. So mm -hmm. moving full force on Scream 6. Uh, Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and Mason Gooding are all returning. And for those Scream 4 fans out there, and there are some, Hayden Panettiere was going to be returning from that movie for Scream 6. How is that possible? Didn't she die in that? anybody truly die in the screen movies I, I guess you're right i can't remember i haven't seen scream 4 in a while so i mean i'm pretty sure i was not sober when i watched it that's fair um yeah i'm just like i also am like wait had hayden panettiere is acting again because didn't she like marry some hockey player or something that's a good question. I basically just thought she wasn't acting anymore, so I'm just very surprised when I saw that they were bringing her back, and I'm like, oh, I thought she was done, but I guess not. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to see. Her character's name was Kirby Reed. Oh. Uh... Oh, she does get stabbed in the stomach, although apparently in Scream, the movie that came out this year, a visual clue revealed that Kirby survived her injuries and participated in an interview about the attacks, although her whereabouts are unknown. Oh. So they kind of left it a little ambiguous, and then the movie this year basically gave a clue that she's still out there. So there you go. Um, yeah, that's exciting. I I just really like I like Scream Five, and I'm, I like where they took it, even though. I wasn't entirely jazzed about their main reveal at the end, but for the most part, I liked Scream 6, so, or Scream 5. Bring on Scream 6. Uh, Jack Reacher star Alan Richardson, or Richardson, uh, rounds out the Fast X cast, or Fast 10, and I'm like, cool. Can we just be done with these movies? I'm, I'm ready to retire Fast and the Furious from my brain how how fast and far do do, do we do we think the franchise can go this is what's going to happen this is how they're going to end the franchise they're going to be speeding along like a, a highway and everyone's going to be like oh man just this is this is us riding off into the sunset and then they're just going to ride off into the sunset and then that'll be it that'll be the end of the fast and the furious movies and they'll be done <laughs> That or they all do the reunion. That or they all go to the moon and they realize they don't have any preparation to survive on the moon and they all die, which would be the best way to go about doing this. <laughs> um, oh, finally, Doctor Who. We've got a new Doctor Who for those who care. I don't care about Doctor Who. I only put this in because I know some people do. Uh, Nakuti Gatwa is going to take over for 
Jody Whitaker. So cool. For Good. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Whovian either. I, I, this is one of those like nerd culture things that I am completely like devoid of. Yeah. I know there was a rumor Hugh Grant was supposed to be the Time Lord. <laughs> that would have been a weird get. Yeah. But didn't happen, so they got this Nakuti Gatwa. So good for him. All yeah. right. Just just don't look on Twitter uh about people's reactions. Oh yeah. Well, that was predictable. I took one look at the guy and I'm like I don't care personally, but I can see this going really poorly. Um, but yeah. Cool. Uh, well, let's take a quick break and then we're coming back and review some movies. Back in a bit. Hey, everybody, it's Curtis from the podcast, letting you know that we're brought to you by Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's got amazing content such as The Boys, The Expanse, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Goliath, and so much more. Don't have to take our word for it. Go try out a 30-day trial of the service. See if you like it. If you want to stick around, they've got low introductory rates for new users who sign up. And you're going to get a ton of other Amazon Prime benefits. So sign up today and check it out. Thank you for your time. And we're back. Don't forget to check out our movie commentaries. I know we laxed on that. That's that's my bad. Also, too, it's kind of partially on a particular studio. So I won't name names, but... We weren't able to do one commentary because there were some issues with the studio. I'm not going to name names, but you can put two together. You're smart boys and girls. But the next one, issue free, Nightmare on Elm Street. And we're fast tracking that one. So, well, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. So, we're, we're fast tracking that. You're going to get that in your ear pods, drums very soon. Check your feeds. All right, let's get on with reviews. Uh, let's start off with, uh, 2022's so far biggest dumpster fire. And that's Firestarter. Uh, Firestarter is a remake of a movie that probably nobody really cared about in the first place. Uh, and, uh, they never really improved much from there. So, uh, the movie is in theaters and on Peacock. And by God, if you go see this in theaters, you lose all respect for me. Go watch this on Peacock where at least you can save some money. Um, but yeah, essentially this movie is two halves. Uh, the movie kind of starts off with these parents who have supernatural abilities and then they have a kid who surprise, surprise also has supernatural abilities. And the first half of the movie was relatively interesting because it kind of focused on this idea of these two parents with this kid and how do they raise this child when the child has abilities. And I was kind of into that. I was like, okay, this is kind of an interesting thing. It wasn't by any stretch, like the most inventive or crazy thing I've ever seen, but it was mildly interesting. And then the second half abandons all of that. And they start adding in villains that have no clear motivation uh, you try to, tr someone tried to tell me what the villains in this movie were trying to accomplish because I've watched this movie. I still couldn't tell you what they were trying to do. Um, aside from get the girl and even though it was like nebulous at best, what they were trying to use her for. So the second half of this movie turns into like basically, uh, a chase 
film where they're trying to get the girl and the family and the family's trying to escape. And yeah, it turns into a real mess. And then it doesn't help that this movie clearly had a very tight budget or people who are very incompetent at special effects because big thing about Firestarter is you got to have some cool pyrotechnic effects and they were all just fucking awful. Like just so bad. And the second half leans so much into those effects that you start to really notice them and how bad they are. Uh, and yeah, I mean, couple that with the nebulous motivations of most of the characters, the poor acting. I think mostly everyone in this is awful, save for Zac Efron, who I actually thought was pretty decent in this. Uh, more so in the set in the first half than the second half, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, by the time I left this movie, I was like, I literally could have spent my time doing literally anything else. So, uh, I thought this movie was a dumpster fire. I'm giving this three out of 10. Uh, there's very little about this to redeem it. In my opinion. I mean, the first half is okay, but because it gets paid off in such a poor fashion, I don't think it's really worth anybody checking out to be completely honest. So yeah, go watch literally anything else, but Firestarter. do yourselves a favor. How about, uh, man, Adam, maybe they can go watch that instead of Firestarter. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I could offer them something better, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't think man is it. Um, Ooh. yeah, this, uh, this movie, you know, it's for the new one from Alex Garland, um, who a lot of people know who did ex machina, um, which I think is a brilliant film. I absolutely love that movie. Um, I don't know. This one the thing is like, it just, it starts out really well. It's really well shot. There's an interesting premise. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't really spoil much of it. Eh? I should, I'll keep it vague. Yeah, let's, people, let's, but let's yeah, but I guess basically she, this woman's having some relationship, uh, uh, problems. So she goes out to rent a house in the countryside and then some creepy things start happening. Um, uh, yeah, there's only men in this village, and it, it gets pretty weird. Um, and, like, pretty much, like, like the first two acts of this movie were honestly, like, like a 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, like, really well done. Nice. Uh, the movie, just for me, falls apart completely in, in the last act. Uh, there's probably the most revolting, disgusting like like 10 20 minutes i've ever watched on film like i had to look away and just like cover my eyes because it was just it was way too much see, um i know you're saying this is an awful thing but you're getting me more excited to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah you since you chose it actually reminded me of that movie club you chose um which i blocked from memory with all oh, the claymation um, bodies society? and oh yeah oh. yeah i got serious society vibes um from the end of this uh <laughs> and i like i don't understand if it was all supposed to be like a metaphor or like what was even happening like i don't i don't really see the purpose for why it needed to be so grotesque um other than just to shock and disturb the audience uh and then the way it ends is just so kind of like it's kind of like uh it's like what did so what was the point like what did she even learn or what yeah so um yeah 
very bizarre movie that doesn't really give you any answers. Um, it has a really good setup and just kind of fell flat in the in the end for me. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of score-wise? Uh, yeah, score-wise... Mm-mm-mm. You know, I'm I'm gonna give it. I'll give it a six out of ten. It's just you know, technically, it's really well made, really well acted. I just think the story just, yeah, just just didn't make any sense. And then I yeah, I don't really like this kind of shock value for the sake of shock value. So and my and movie was not my cup of tea. I give it a six, but other other people might enjoy it more. But just know what you're getting into. Oh, I'm excited to check this out. <laughs> you tell me it's like society? My ears perk up. <laughs> cool. Uh, oh, the new Kids in the Hall reboot, which I enjoyed quite a bit, actually. Uh, although, should be relatively prepared that there's going to be some old man penis in that. So, you know what? Be prepared. Um, yeah, Kids in the Hall. I think either you know Kids in the Hall or you don't. If you don't, I mean, it's essentially like a sketch comedy show. Originated in Canada, was pretty popular back in the day, and Amazon has brought it back. Obviously, now the cast are quite a bit older. Uh, still funny as all hell. Uh, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I think what made it work for me was... They did a good balance of bringing on new sketches and new ideas, but also bringing back some classics, uh, some ones that most people remember, like the most iconic ones from the original show. So I did like that quite a bit. I did like that they kind of, you know, didn't go entirely new, and they didn't just go totally with reverence for the original stuff. It was a good balance of both. Uh, funny as all hell, it's really condensed too. Like it's not overly long. I want to say it's like five episodes or something like that. Uh, they're each around like 30 ish minutes. So very condensed and, uh, you know, easy to watch for most people. So, um, yeah, I'd give this probably eight out of 10. The only thing that was a little bit jarring is like, there is literally a point where like two of them get completely naked and their penises are just hanging out. And part of me is like, that seemed a little excessive and also totally <laughs> something that was probably like Amazon was like, can we just have like old man dick just hanging out? And I'm like, didn't it, that was insane. That's something that they would absolutely do though. A hundred percent. Right. Like with the boys and all these other shows, like they kind of tend to go a little raunchier and something told, tells me that that was totally like something that Amazon was like, can we just add some old man dick for old man dick's sake? And I'm like, didn't need that. Like I was, I was laughing. I was having a great time. Uh, I still kind of laughed at that bit, but also it was like, I didn't need this. And if anything, it felt a little disingenuous to kids in the hall. Cause I, the, the show never needed to do something like that. Like, so yeah. Anyways, still, uh, yeah. Eight out of 10. I would ch- recommend that you check this out. Just, yeah, maybe put your kids in the other room while you watch this. So, I mean, you probably should do that anyway, because if I remember right, Kids in the Hall was not for kids. Yes and no. Like, I don't think it was nearly as bad as Old Man Dick just hanging out. But yeah, it was <laughs> by like TV terms. Yeah, but it was 
it wasn't nearly this bad. I don't know. I haven't watched the show in a long time, but I don't remember it being that bad. But mm. I could also be wrong, too. Like, like I said, I haven't watched it in a while. All right. Katie, you and I have seen Love on the Spectrum, the U.S. version. Um, what would you think about that? I think it's quite wholesome. I think it's very fun to, I guess, get to see their process. I mean, finding love is difficult for anybody. And um, I guess it's just like a lighthearted show. It's a show that you'd watch if you're like wanting something to just put on and feel good about because that's that they they don't have a lot of like conflicts or like things that would make you feel uncomfortable it's just a very relaxing and wholesome show i feel oh i totally agree I think, too, what's nice about this is it feels very real compared to a lot of other reality TV series. Like, these are people with autism, and, like, you can tell there's points where they just have to kind of take a break just to let these people kind of decompress and, like, deal with the onslaught of emotions and sensory uh, that's going on. So I did like that the show didn't really, like, sugarcoat them or, like, try to make it out like they're anything else but people who are on the spectrum. So... Um, I, I like that. Like it just, it really is kind of genuine to, to what it's like for people to live like that. But also too, like I watched the other two love is blind series or the ser uh, seasons that came before the one that was like the Australian or UK version. Um, and like those ones, like people go on dates and like nobody walked away with any kind of relationship. And this one, like, there was a few people that successfully walked away with some relationships. I was actually genuinely surprised. I'm like, oh, like, I guess I watched the other one and like, it was just like, man, eh, they're still single. Like they tried and I'm like, oh, I watched this and they were like, there's a few people that walked away with some genuinely healthy relationships. So yeah, I was, I was actually very pleasantly surprised by that. It was very life affirming. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of in the back of my mind. I'm like, I think a lot of these people are probably just going to end up single again by the end of the show. But, like, I'm not going to say who because, you know, don't want to spoil it. But I was actually generally surprised that a few of them walked away still in those relationships. It was very, yeah, life-affirming. Mm-hmm. Some even went through the whole relationship process. Yeah. <laughs> it's also kind of funny, too, because, like, you could tell they just kind of, like, you know, don't really have like sort of the the experience or life skills to like plan a date and like some of them were it was cute but also kind of funny because you could tell like they were just like come over to my house for dinner or for lunch with my family <laughs> it's like the third date they're like i'm like okay that's that's a little bit much but hey you know what power to you that was great but to them it's just normal it's well exactly i feel like as a society we think a lot of things are we, we overthink a lot of things or like we think, oh, this is too much or this is too fast. But to them, it's like it's a process for them. And that's the next step that they think is right for them. And I think mm -hmm. I really like that part about the show. Yeah. And um, yeah, though, no, it was it was also interesting, too, because like they kind of are working on their pace and like 
they seemed a little not in a bad way but they seemed kind of indifferent to the pace of the world around them like they did things their way which i thought was great so um yeah uh trying to think of what else to say i don't know i just thought it was very life-affirming to watch this <laughs> compared to like love is blind or the ultimatum where it's just like ugh. a disaster kind of yeah a train wreck yeah messy like i actually still follow some of the love is blind people on instagram and i'm just like oh boy what's up are they still together who like um shane i guess Oh, Shane and Natalie? No, they broke up. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Wait, wait. Okay, yeah. They broke up, and then they got back together for a bit to see if it would work, and then they broke up again, except for this time, Shane was a complete asshole, and then he went back to Wisconsin <laughs> because I think everyone kind of shamed him out of Chicago. But, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. But, um... Yeah, love on the spectrum. I I I enjoyed it. I I'll give it a nine out of ten. I thought it was quite quite enjoyable. It's it is what it is. Like you're either gonna be into shows like this or not. But I think if you like shows like this, it's one of the better ones to watch. Yeah, I give it a nine too. Perfect. It's a, it's a good solid nine. Yeah, like I don't know what would make it a ten, but I just feel like it's not quite a ten in my. In yeah, my I agree. Um, so, so people are like, why is it not a 10? I don't know. I can't answer that for you. <laughs> Maybe if they had more confetti. I don't know. Maybe that would make it a 10. Yeah. I don't know what would make it better, but I also feel like it's not quite a 10 yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I also watched the G word with Adam Canover, as did Lee. Lee, what'd you think of this show? It's okay. Um, I, I would actually say it's a little bit probably better than okay. Um, if you liked the old um, Adam Ruins Everything, I guess, show, web series, I don't know what the heck that was, um, you'd probably like this. Did, it's oh, kind of very, very similar. Did he huh? make a similar show like this before? I've never heard of this guy before. So, Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah, so back, oh gosh, that must have been like, maybe five, seven years ago. I don't remember exactly how long. Um, he had a very, very similar type show. Um, you can look up the, the videos on YouTube, um, but it was, he would dive into like a, a different, I guess, aspect of life and do okay. a very, I mean, it was almost identical. Like the way that they did this, like kind of like a edu comedy, edu comedy. I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I've had... I've had issues with it before because, like, some of the stuff that he'd go into was not, like, factually correct. Oh. Or it was, like, spun in. It, I shouldn't say it's, like, outright lies. But there's, like, a lot of times where they would, like, have a narrative of, like, oh, this thing is really bad. And, like, if you knew something about the subject, you're like, no, that's not entirely the truth. Um, So, like, I kind of went into this with, like, a, a kind of a grain of salt. And, like, I mean, most of the stuff they were talking about, I like I actually knew um, or had a pretty good idea of, but you know, I mean, you seem pretty, I don't know, um, balanced, I guess. Yeah. If, if that's the right word, which is kind of weird too, because like he, 
the difference between this show or and the previous one is like he had a ton of access to different stuff in this show. Like you see him going to like, you know, on a on an airplane, you know, that's the hurricane hunter people and, you know, going into different like uh, government agencies and stuff. Um, so I feel like he almost like had to show them in a good light. <laughs> yeah. But also too, like, I feel like there was points where you could tell he was even learning some stuff too. As he mm-hmm. was going along. Like genuinely, he's like, oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I had a really good laugh at the whole, like, uh, he's in a basically where they control like GPS satellites mm-hmm. and they make this huge deal out of him sending basically a test signal to, oh, to the side I, yeah. I, yeah i had a really good laugh at that just because like they're making this huge thing he's like super scared and it's like if you're listening to what they're actually saying it's like this is literally just a test yeah like he's they're not gonna let him screw anything up oh, of course not no yeah that part was funny because you could tell he was he was making it a big deal and they're like you're literally just like sending a test signal like it's not a yeah deal. but yeah, other than that, it was, like I said, it was just pretty interesting. The The things with, um, I think this was made with uh, Obama. I think he might have produced it or did something else with it. I have to take a look. But I think he is uh, an executive producer on it. Yeah, his, this kind of goes for like any like public official. Don't try to do comedy. Oh. Well. It just like, it comes off bad. It's like he feels my impression on that was it's like he felt he had to be still responsible and like informative but also he was trying uh-huh. to be funny and it just was like a weird mishmash it's like if yeah. Bill Nye was like slightly less funny basically i, I yeah i don't know like i liked his his thing at the end when they're like talking yeah um i actually very much like that the, the you know this this idea of like because you know at the the host is basically saying like, yeah, you know, we, we, we learned all these things and all this bad stuff. Like, how do we fix this? And, and, you know, you know, Obama gave kind of a, I don't know. I, I liked his response about it. I, I don't want to ruin anything because no. people to, to see it, but, um, and even the end of how to fix things, I was like, that's actually helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I don't know, just like the, the comedic parts of like i'm doing my taxes and it's taken me like a year to do my taxes i, I just thought that was kind of dumb yeah some of the humor didn't quite land for me but yeah i think for me like at least he tried to take this information that's probably a little dense and inaccessible and he did mm-hmm. his best to like try to make it accessible and sort of interesting for most people um, yeah i think there wasn't always points where it landed but i still kind of applaud the effort like you're trying to take stuff that most people, I mean, I like to think I'm, you know, not a complete moron, but like, I, I there's some people who probably are like a little denser and they probably wouldn't understand the stuff and they, just, they yeah. try to make it a little more accessible. So mm-hmm. kudos for that. Um, I just, I still walk away from this wondering like, who's this for? Because it's, if you're coming at this from a comedy perspective, it's not entirely the funniest thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And if you're going at this from a, uh, like, educational perspective, like, I don't know, maybe you'll learn something, but... I yeah. I mean, there's there are things to learn, which are, are good. Like, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really know about the whole, like, banking thing. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, as, as weird as that sounds, I'm like, I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Um, yeah. 
but you're right though i mean if you're like relatively intelligent you're probably going to know at least the background of most of the stuff he talked about yeah again not like it's totally terrible but yeah there was just some points where i was like oh yeah i was kind of surprised there's one part that I, I was i was hoping they would dive in deeper and they didn't and it was the um when he interviews the the, the um the women that like basically lost their business oh yeah due, due to the pandemic and like i honestly like was kind of hoping that they would like do something about that mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know I like or at least go huh yeah or like go talk to somebody about it like because that seemed like to be the point of the show is like he's got this access to like you know go talk to these different agencies or whatever i was like oh i was hoping that they would go do that yeah um but then he's like nope he's like i got my loan he's like i don't know what happened to them that sucks yeah i was like oh okay well i guess that's where we're going with that cool what would you think of score wise for this uh i'll do seven out of ten like this is a what it's six episodes 30 minutes a piece so i mean if you just are kind of bored and you want to watch something mildly entertaining and educational this is this is decent i'd also i was not to be like me too but yeah I was seven <laughs> out of seven too. It's, like i don't think i could go higher than that because it's not quite great but yeah it's fine. like i think i still don't know who this is for but yeah i i don't either main, that was my main takeaway i'm like I just don't know who who is going to find this interesting. So watch in a year's time when Netflix finally confirms that this is only a one and done season thing. But um, yeah, but kind of true. I, if I had to guess, I would say probably like college students. Like, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. like that's the only it's the only people I could really think of that would like get something out of this is maybe like like high school, like seniors or whatever or like young college kids because like if you're older you're probably going to know most of this stuff or you're just not going to care i feel like dads uh, could be really into this too like just be like wow son did you know that the banks almost closed bah, 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 bah. Like, <laughs> shut up dad <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyways yeah uh and then <laughs> Finally this week, something else that dads will love, Top Gun. There's a new Blu-ray out, and it's quite fantastic. A uh, lot of little behind-the-scenes things. Great transfer of the original movie. Um, I mean, Top Gun Maverick's coming out in, like, a couple of weeks. Uh, get excited for that. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give this Blu-ray actually 9 out of 10. It is quite good. Uh, benefits from the fact that the movie's been around for a while, so there's already quite a bit of special features. So they obviously had a bunch of stuff that they could include. So it worked out quite well. So yeah, definitely would recommend that you uh, pick up, excuse me, this Blu-ray uh, before Top Gun Maverick comes out. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for Top Gun Maverick. I don't know. If, I think it's coming out around the same time as Obi-Wan. And I'm like, that's going to be a pretty good week. We got Obi-Wan and Top Gun Maverick. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I, with the, uh, I think the last trailer I saw, I'm kind of like, uh, I have a bad feeling about this movie. People are already saying it's better than the, the original, so. And, and those people are probably wrong. Katie and I will let you know. <laughs> Katie and I are going to the press screening. We'll let you know. Okay. All right. 
We're going to be taking a quick break, come back, we're going to recap. It's probably the worst show on TV right now. And then uh, our movie club, which is Coco. Hey, Spark, have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of What streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its vast selection. Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on, in fact. Why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? Okay, we're back. And uh, we're going to recap, first off, the Halos. <laughs> Halo episode 8, the penultimate episode. Does it, Adam, do you feel like there's still more episodes to go? Like, I don't feel like energy-wise or mo like momentum that like we were heading into the finale is that just me yeah i don't really know what the show is leading up to um i think <laughs> i know a lot of people i think have just tuned out watching already and like i'm just watching for reviews and it's like man i i don't know yeah I, I, there's there's not really a clear build-up to like what's gonna happen in the last episode i guess they're gonna probably find the halo ring or whatever that they're seeing in their dreams and then it'll probably be some cliffhanger for a second season but <laughs> yeah or i like your theory my theory is is the master chief's gonna have sex again and he's gonna be like i don't want to fight anyone anymore i'm just gonna take off my armor permanently and just have sex with this person i've met my god i know <laughs> it's just like the guy can barely Keep his damn, damn ham, helmet on half the episodes, and now he just can't even keep his clothes on. <laughs> As somebody who likes the Halo games, has played them all a few times each, to get to the point of this show where the Master Chief, a, a beloved and coveted character, I should add, is just taking off all of his armor and having sex with this woman. Just fucking what the <laughs> fuck. Like, like why? Like, where was the romantic connection at all? Like... Oh, it, yeah, there was no connection. Also, too, <laughs> why? You know, when you're choosing your cinematic influences for this arguably poignant sex scene, they go to 
like what the room the tommy wiseau movie because that's what it felt like it felt like they shot that sex scene like they shot the sex scene in the t- in the room it was just awful like what the fuck <sighs> yeah i'm i mean i've clocked out from the show a long time ago but just they keep being like hold my beer we're gonna make it worse and yeah the first half of this was way too much talking not enough action and then there was the bad sex scene near the end it got a little bit better when you had the spartan on spartan action i don't know if it's worth sitting through that awful sex scene but yeah i I did like the action uh where the other spartans were trying to take him down yeah like all the action in the series has been pretty pretty good like pretty well choreographed like um, I like that they show like him shooting the armor too, and they kind of show how like that kind of force field armor tech they have, like how mm-hmm. that actually kind of works. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's just like this: the story is just not there to carry to carry the action, or the the action's not enough just to get through it. A hundred percent. Um, oh. yeah, I'm not gonna waste any more time on the show because. I'm fucking ready to clock out. We're going to watch the last episode and then we're going to put it out of its misery and then we're not going to review it ever again. So what <laughs> am I giving this episode? Uh, I'll give it a five out of 10. I felt I like, I felt like the action was a little bit better in this, <laughs> but the sex scene drags it down. Cause it was completely unnecessary. Kind of like the old man Dick and kids in the hall. This was not needed. We do not need this in our Halo show. Um, I'd, I'd probably go with five as well. Like, it's, it's kind of, it's almost impressive just how each episode can be more bafflingly stupid or absurd than the last one. Like, yeah. It's like... Also, like, Cortana has emotions now. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I don't... <laughs> I did see a funny meme, though that's probably the most entertaining thing that's came from this episode and it's that one where the guy's looking at the other girl but like the original girl is cortana and the new girl is the blonde girl that they add to the show oh oh yeah 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 where he's like looking away from his girl looking at the girl walking by yeah as dumb as it is that was probably the most entertaining thing in this that's funny yeah 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 I don't understand Master Chief at all, and that's like that's a problem. Also, it's not really Master Chief; it's generic spaceman. Because, hey, in my eyes, Master Chief, green armor, yellow visor, gold visor, whatever. Like that's that's Master Chief. This guy, this guy who's barely in his armor. I can't even tell you the last time he was in his armor because I can't remember. It's been a hot minute. Even in that big Spartan fight. That would have been the time for him to put on his armor. Did he? Nope. So, this yep. This show's just awful. I'm ready. Uh, I'm, I'm done with it. I'll be happy when... I, I mean, I'm going to watch the finale because at this point I'm, what, eight episodes in? Like, what, am I going to clock out before episode nine? No. I'm still going to watch it, but don't expect me to be excited for it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um. Well, that was... The disappointment that it's the halos you know what's not disappointing though coco or at least i hope not if someone was disappointed by coco i'd be disappointed in you um 
<laughs> was this anybody's first time watch watching Coco? Yes. Wow. I'm so curiously because obviously this movie there's a few twists and turns. Did you see any of them coming? Um. So I, I've had part of this ru movie ruined for me already. Oh, <laughs> before going going into it. So I kind of already knew that. Uh, and I guess we're just gonna spoil this, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. Um, I already knew that the uh the the vagrant looking guy was was gonna be the the great grandfather and that the like famous dude was was an asshole i already kind of knew that going okay. into it um so i thought that i don't know it's interesting like knowing that but still not seeing the movie because i was very curious to, like because i heard this movie was very emotional um and i really wasn't expecting um it to actually hit me because it did hit me quite a bit in certain scenes um i think for most people it's when he goes back and sings the song for coco yeah. Um, yeah that's the one that like wrecks most people watching. yeah it did <laughs> and, hey to uh, be fair, i watched this movie with my girlfriend and we got uh, to that scene and i'm like i hear just like tears a flow and i look over and she's destroyed <laughs> so yeah yeah um yeah that that part especially got me mm -hmm. um that and then also even when he's uh I can't remember the any characters' names. Um, when he's the great grandfather is singing to the his friend before he like fades away. Oh yeah. Um, even though the song is kind of whatever, I was still it's more the emotion of that scene. I was like, wow, that's I don't know that that kind of got to me a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting though. Also, like knowing their relationship before they do, it, it's inter like their interactions and stuff. It. it I don't say it puts a different shine on it, but it's like, it is interesting how they like treat each other, how very similar they are mm -hmm. um, and everything. So, I mean, it was, it was good. Um, I don't think this is like the greatest. Is this, a, I can't remember. This is a Pixar movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is their best one. I think it's, it's close to being like one of their most emotional ones, but yeah. um I don't think this is like their best. There's there are certain things that happen in the plot that I'm kind of like, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna go with that. Okay, what what not? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, it, overall, really good. Yeah, um, I watched this at a press screening. It was the first time I watched this, and I remember that they've changed things now at press screens. But it used to be a case where they would just save an entire row of seats for press. And mm -hmm. I remember while watching this movie and I hear like tears and I look over and like the entire row of press of press, like film critics were all just tearing up in this movie. So <laughs> just the, these hearted film critics, these guys that you get, you get nothing by them. They were all just tearing up. So a little anecdote about this movie. Um, no, I, I like it. It's interesting that you say you don't think this is one of Pixar's best. I actually in my opinion, like, I think it is one of their best ones. I think because uh -huh. for me, like they play the story relatively straight. There's no, there's not too many goofy characters in this or like weird subplots or anything. Like they keep the, uh, the plot mainly focused on, uh, uh, the young boy and him trying mm -hmm. to basically get back to the land of the living. 
And like, I like the simplicity of this plot, but also because it's got so much kind of an emotional core to it, I think that's what keeps it interesting, even though it's a relatively simple plot. Um, mm. Also too, like there is some decent reveals, like, yeah, finding out that Ernesto is not his grandfather. I actually noticed something on this rewatch where he grabs the the leaf or flower, or whatever, and like when everyone else does it, their his family it lights up, but when Ernesto does grab it, it doesn't light up. Mm. Mm. So I thought that interesting. Was like, that was a cool little touch. I was like, oh, I didn't notice that the first time I watched this, but yeah, I didn't notice that either. Um, but yeah, I mean, also the songs in this are great too. Like, yes, I. Even though I saw this movie at like a press screening like five years ago, I still listen to the soundtrack to this every so often. So I, I mm-hmm. genuinely do like the songs in this. The soundtrack is so good. Yeah. Um, what about you, Katie? Was this the first time you watched this movie? No, no, no. I actually um, I wrote a research paper um, using Coco as one of the texts as well. Ooh. Um, and when I first watched it, I felt like it was an improvement in Disney's um, roster of diverse characters, I guess, because Mm -hmm. they have a history of, like, you know, you know, Disney's problematic (laughs) past, but... I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but you are absolutely correct. Like, they they have a really bad history of, of whitewashing. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like this was a good step forward and i don't know the story is just very family friendly and very heartwarming and um i feel like people of all ages would enjoy it because it's such a relatable issue of just trying to find your family and just trying to keep their memory alive i guess for those who have been lost and I don't know. I think if you don't like it, I don't know why you don't like it. I don't understand how. And I would like to know the reason outside of Disney's corporate problem. Um, I think the story is good. And it's, it's an easy story to love and to digest for everybody, I think. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, too, like great voice cast too. Um, Benjamin Bratt, who kind of is like an actor that shows up in things, but like he plays Ernesto, he's great. Even the guy that plays Hector, like he's an actor that's been in other stuff, but like arguably, I think this is probably his most famous role, and you never even see his face. Um, I know he was in that movie Old, that M Night Shyamalan movie that just came out, and I'm like, ugh. We'll we'll remember you for Coco. We're not going to remember you for old, but uh, yeah. And did you get a chance to watch the movie? Yeah, I have. This is one I saw a few years back. I think maybe the year after it came out. Um, and then yeah, to brush up on it again, it's it is a really, really well done film. And actually, I because I was kind of comparing it to Encanto a bit because I had recently seen that one, and mm-hmm. I think this was really just. I think this was done so much better than Encanto. Um, I I don't I just I think it had more emotional weight. Um, I think the kind of fantastical elements were a little more relevant. 
even though you know um like this whole way they portray the day of the dead and the underworld like it's it's not really it's not like people in mexico actually like think that or kind of envision it that way um mm-hmm. it, it is kind of all made up um but it's still kind of a nice it's it's i think it's at least a respectable kind of mythologizing of that kind of cultural tradition um and i like kind of the twists and turns of who is the dad and all that mm-hmm. um yeah and i cried my eyes out when he sings remember me um i don't know if you don't feel anything during that scene i don't know how you're human i mean <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's like yeah it's really it's one of the few movies that actually can you know make me really cry like that so that's mm-hmm. that's that's saying something yeah well like um my grandfather passed away like last year and he had alzheimer's and like yeah his brain mm-hmm. was starting to go so for me like the idea of like yeah your your grandparent or great-grandparent like forgetting things and all that like that's a very real thing and mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i mean obviously the first time i watched this i didn't really quite have that baseline but rewatching it i'm like oh, i hit a little bit harder this time because in my mind i'm like yeah like that that's something that happens like you get to a certain age and your brain just starts to go so yeah yeah, yeah my my grandmother as well had had alzheimer's um pretty severe she lived with us for a couple of years and then it just got so bad that uh we had to find proper care for her, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a horrible, it's a horrible disease. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it really does. Uh, I mean, anyone that's gone through that or you can really relate to that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I do. I was going to say, it's also the beginning of that movie is, is very sweet with uh, even with the grandma, just kind of like sitting around and uh, what's his name? I, like I said, I'm really terrible. With names, Miguel. I yeah, with Miguel kind of like being like hanging out with his grandma and like doing stuff. I, I thought that was like really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I have like nothing but great things to say about this movie and even rewatching it. Like there's literally nothing in this that I dislike or would change. Like it all works so well. Uh, the director of this also worked on Toy Story 4, which also is a movie that like very tightly written plot, great emotional core to it. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. you like this one, go watch Toy Story 4 because also same writer and director. So, um, I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 because I think Coco is perfect. And Wow. I, I, don't, I don't think I can be swayed. <laughs> I think I'm going to give it a 9 just because... Where I, in my mind, I'm comparing it to Paddington, and Paddington's perfect. So. <laughs> this is true. You know what? In my, I definitely, definitely intended to pair these two together as like a "you're gonna be crying" double feature. Um, don't ask me why I thought that would make for an interesting double feature, but in my mind, it did. Um, yeah. So you're you're shedding tears for both movies. <laughs> cool what about you Lee? what oh, would you give it a score of keep uh, in mind Paddington yeah uh, yes. in mind. Um, well I was going to go with a 9 anyway um, 
I, I like I said, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was probably one of the most like emotional Pixar's emotional movies. It's just like I said, there's some very, very minor like plot stuff that I was kind of like, OK, I guess that's happening now. But um, and also, like, as much as I love the dog, I thought that was like completely out of place. <laughs> the dog was but. definitely meant to be like your goofy character. But. Yeah, it, it's just weird, though, because, like, I don't know. I'm just like, what, what? Why? I don't understand. But, I mean, the dog was cute. I liked the dog. I just felt it was a little tonally out of place, but yeah. that's okay. Um, still solid nine. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll go with a nine as well. Um, <laughs> not because I'm thinking of Pattinson necessarily, but... Um, you know, it is a really strong movie. I, I do I just I do think there are some Pixar movies that are like ten out of tens and I, I don't know if I can bring myself to put the, this up there with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe upon further rewatches. Um but I think this movie is aging pretty well. Um and it, a ten out of ten Pixar movie is up. Yeah, That's up's good. Emotional. I like Wally too, like Finding Nemo. Mm. Some of those are like Almost like perfect films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, Up will yeah. make you cry too. <laughs> yeah, Up will no, make no. you cry like right in the beginning. It just, it just <laughs> yeah. running with the tears and you're like, by goodness. Like... <laughs> that, that, that's what I was going to say. Like the first 10 minutes of, of Up is like a 10 out of 10 and then the rest of the movie is like an 8. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think we can all agree though that Coco is definitely better than any of the Cars films. Oh. 100%. <laughs> Pretty much most Pixar movies are better than most of the Cars films. I don't know. It doesn't have a Rascal Flat song. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have um, that fucking redneck guy voicing the truck. So. Yeah. It doesn't have Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have um, Wasabi as ice cream. Oh my gosh. I remember once I had to babysit. Uh, some kids when I was a teenager and like they had the Cars movie on DVD or whatever and that was mm. the only movie they had and that was like the, they would just rewatch that movie like countless oh, no. times so I had to babysit them that was the only movie they put on and I think that was like the closest I ever came to genuine insanity was <laughs> babysitting these kids and they would just put on Cars and I'm like please stop like <laughs> okay Cars is good not the best but it's I think you when you've watched it more than one time, you start to lose your mind. You're like, no, this is this is too much. <laughs> cool. Is it like one of the is it Cheech or Chong that's in the first one? Oh, probably both of them. Who knows? Did you did you guys watch the airplane version of that? Uh no. no. I don't think most I, I remember seeing the posters for that. I'm like, now they're spinning off cars into planes and Next, next they're gonna have boats and boats <laughs> i'm literally gonna walk into pixar right now and be like guys i got a great idea for you boats oh my gosh so to answer your question uh lee it was cheech who was also in coco huh yeah interesting i'm trying to figure out who he played but he does have a credit in coco yeah, I, I will give Cars as having an absolutely insane cast with Paul Newman and Michael Keaton. 
And oh. Cheech. Yeah. Somebody at Pixar was doing drugs when they brought those yeah. people on board. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is one of George Carlin's last films as well. That's disappointing. Wow, he was in it too, eh? That's, that's just disappointing. That really <laughs> cool. I think this was one of Paul Newman's last movies too. That's do you think when they were when he passed away and they were like, "Hey guys, let's remember Paul Newman wrote the classic Cars." I mean, he was basically playing the same character as like, uh, gosh, what was his one of his driving movies from back in the day? I love the tagline for Cars. Ah, oh, it's got that new movie smell. Terrible. Does it really have? Is that really one of the things? That's the tagline for this movie. Ah, oh, it's got a okay. New movie it just smell. it just lost like five points for me for that. <laughs> <laughs> one out of ten. All right. <laughs> Smell of gasoline. Uh, cool. Well, Lee, it's your choice for movie club next. Oh, shit. I didn't realize it was my turn. <laughs> Please tell me we're not uh, watching Cars. I, You know, I should. I should make us watch Cars just for that. <laughs> I'm going to cry, but not for the same reasons I cried watching Coco. I'm going to cry because I'm in pain and agony. <laughs> um, yeah. Any ideas? Uh, give me half a second, and I will. I will give you an idea. Okay. If you want okay. to start, if you want to start rounding us out. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, let's see. What are we going to be reviewing next week? Let's see. Maybe something good. Probably not. Uh, let's see. We've got next week. Well, pretty much. Well, I'll be watching Men. So I'll review, I'll watch Men. I'll give you my review of that. Aside from that, I don't know what else we'll be reviewing. We'll figure it out. We'll go, we'll have uh, something to review. I well, okay. So I, I'll give you guys a choice: either Cars or Top Gun. <laughs> I mean, is that is that got to be Top Gun, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm leaving it up to the democracy. <laughs> I vote for Top Gun. What does everyone else think? Well, I recently watched Top Gun again, and I haven't seen Cars in a while, so. Adam? Oh, I watched Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy wins yet again. So Top All Gun? Right. All right. That's what it sounds like. That's on... This is the new one coming. Yeah, that, that's a good synergy. That's good for the SEOs. Um, cool. I'll get cars next time. <laughs> Sadly, cars will never leave our memories. It's, it's there like a painful abuse. Um, cool. Uh, well, we'll see you all next time. Uh, where we'll be flying jet planes and I don't know. You, you, you know where I was going with that analogy. Until next time, everybody. Bye for now. <laughs>